Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. And now, the owner and host of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, Adam Fonseca. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. I am your host, as always, Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Golf Unfiltered. You can follow me all over social media at Golf Unfiltered. And you can send us an email, golfunfiltered at gmail.com. If you like what we do here on the podcast, be sure to rate us five stars on iTunes. You can leave us a review as well. We take that feedback very seriously. Thanks to all of you who have done that. Hello to our friends over at Cleveland and Strixon Golf. You guys know that I am playing their equipment throughout 2019. Still loving it. Had the chance to play with uh, their equipment yesterday again. Over at Cog Hill, we had the chance to get out, and that was nice. I didn't swing it very well, but it was still great to know that, uh, you know, I just love the Z-Forged irons. They're extremely easy to hit for a player profile iron. Uh, Very forgiving, actually. I've said that before. And, of course, I'm just hitting the hell out of the uh, uh, Z-785 driver. It's really great. I mean, uh, the tagline is hashtag long AF, and believe me, it is. It's, It's really great. And, of course, hello to our friends over at BudgetGolf.com. Be sure to check them out as well. They've got a lot of great deals going on right now. They have one on rangefinders. You get $100 off certain uh, rangefinders. Just go out and check it out. The other day they had a they had a sale on uh, – they had a closeout sale where they were selling everything at, like, 85% off. I bought a bunch of T-shirts, a couple polos, and I think I spent, like, 40 bucks. So go out to BudgetGolf.com and make sure that you keep on top of what they're doing. So uh, – this is a little bit of a limited release episode. Uh, we're not going to be syndicating this out to the greater uh, network that we're on over at the Hackers Paradise. You know, not, uh, and there's a reason for that. A little bit ago, I reached out on Twitter uh, just asking anyone if they wanted something to talk. I like to do that every so often. If there's something that you want to talk about, feel free to reach out. I like to kind of keep in touch with what's going on. Not only from the larger industry perspective, but also what's going on locally with local golf. Um, you know, because I know I got a lot of people from Illinois that listen to this, especially around the Chicagoland area. One guy, uh, his name's Tom, he reached out and he said, You know, I've got a topic I'd like to discuss. He's a parent and he wanted to talk a little bit about this balance or imbalance between high school athletics and the American Junior Golf Association, the AJGA. And in Illinois, it's called the IJGA. I I have to admit, I'm not a parent. I don't know too much about the perspective that Tom was coming from because I don't have a son or a daughter that's competing in high school athletics, certainly not high school golf. But the, uh, the imbalance, as I mentioned, that Tom laid out for me in a follow-up Twitter conversation really started to to make sense in that it didn't make sense on how this dynamic worked. And you'll hear what we talk about today. Tom joins me uh, just to talk a little bit about this this concept of 
you know what, our high school athletics being negatively impacted, specifically golf, is it being negatively impacted by the way that the AJGA works? Now, those are my words. Those aren't Tom's. And he makes it very clear in our conversation that he really loves what the IJGA does. So we want to put that disclaimer out there as well. That doesn't necessarily mean that we can't ask some questions about the situations that he outlines, and he does so very well. Um, And it all was started by a conversation he heard on a driving range between two high school students. In that, one said to the other, why would I continue to play on the high school team? Nobody recruits from them. That's really interesting. And so it's a good example of, you know, just kind of paying attention to what's going on around you, hearing the conversations that take place at the driving range or on a golf course, and we all have them. We all talk about topics that are very golf-centric, and and we ask those questions. Hey, why does it work that way? And this was one of those instances when somebody asked the question based on a conversation he overheard. And so I think you're really going to enjoy, especially, especially if you're a parent. If you're a parent and you've got you know, a son or daughter going through high school golf, or they're interested in playing golf. And, you know, you, you talk about the, the talent level versus the competition versus, you know, paying to play, which is something that we talk a lot about. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. After listening to the episode, if there's other input, or if you've got a stance, or if you've got an opinion on anything that Tom and I talk about in our conversation, reach out, because we both want to hear, as Tom outlines at the end of our conversation, We want to hear what you do to kind of get ahead of the problems that we outline in this talk. Golfunfiltered at gmail.com is how you can get in touch with us specifically. And you can also find us on social at golfunfiltered. So sit back and relax. We'll be right back after a short word from our friends over at the Four Golfers Network. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, this is Bill Hobson from the Four Golfers Network podcast. And as you and I enjoy this episode of Golf Unfiltered with my friend Adam, I'm reminded of an indisputable reality. We, as golfers, are nuts. We chase a small ball around the planet, spending thousands of dollars in the effort to get that ball into a tiny hole. We then yell at the ball and curse it when it doesn't listen, even though it can't listen, it's a ball. This insanity is all part of the magic of the game, and it's what we celebrate on the Four Golfers Network podcast every Monday when a fresh episode comes your way on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart, you know, all the places. So after you finish listening to Adam today, I'd love to have you check out the Four Golfers Network podcast, that's F-O-R-E, where we celebrate the game with top-name guests and an exploration of the things about golf that both drive us crazy and bring us back for more. I stink! The ball is just sitting there, and I can't hit it! The benefit of doing doing it this way is we can edit anything we want. So, <laughs> if we don't like certain Pro, things. Pro Tools is sweet. That's right, you know. So, from the, the... Just to kind of provide some context for what we're talking about, why don't you kind of, you know, kick us off with, you know, what what was the topic that popped to mind or came to mind when you saw, hey, you know, does anyone have anything to talk about? So I re- this really stems from last fall when I was or early last late summer, call it early August, as I was on the driving range at my local golf course. Mm-hmm. And at the golf course, there's a handful of, you know, really good juniors that practice there. And 
while I was on the range, I could, you know, hear them talking and, you know, there's a couple of them just started chatting about how they thought high school golf was stupid and that it doesn't mean anything that, Hmm. you know, you can't get, that you can't get recruited out of it, that, um, you know, there's, and so if you're not getting recruited and you can't get the chance to go play college golf and why, why do I even do it? Like I'm not, I might not even play on my high school golf team. Interesting. And so, you know, and that just ultimately got to me in like a weird, that's unfortunate kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. But then it's also kind of how the business is being driven. And I think this is just a, probably even a broader problem across all of sort of young athletic sports in general right now mm-hmm. um, is a sense of, you know, having to perform at these elite camps and elite leagues and all this stuff because that's what ladders you up, you know, in the process. But, you know, for me, I think belonging to a team like a high school golf team you know it's a sense of community that's where you go and your friends are and you belong and you're participating and you're and you're giving value back to your school and you know so i think that that just sort of it bummed me out that that conversation was actually happening because when you know i was growing up and when um that there was value in playing your high school sports because you were still being recruited right out of high school sports right and and that's not the case anymore that's interesting. And so, yeah. and so, you know, you could be a, a young man who um, is a really good player, but doesn't have the means to go play ten or twelve, you know, two-day events in your state or out of state, or even laddering that up into the AJGA. You know, you, maybe you just don't have the financial means to make that happen. Right. And so. And and the only way you might get noticed is if you go win your state tournament, mm-hmm. because because if you go and play a you know, you're you're going to play I don't know ten or twelve events in high school and some of them are only nine holers after school and then a few of them are eighteen hole events on the weekends or something you know you could go and win you know those events but a co- but a college coach isn't going to care. And why do you think that is? Is it because because it's it's not the right competition. Mm-hmm. It's not an event where you have to put back-to-back scores together to show that you can, you know, you know. Essentially, they're thinking is well, anyone can shoot seventy-two once, right? But can you, but can you go shoot seventy-two two days in a row? Mm-hmm. And you know, how can you, you know, can you shoot seventy-two, be in a tie for third out of you know fifty or sixty guys, and then you know, how do you do sleeping on that, and then come coming back the next day and performing? And that sounds pretty similar to other sports, too, uh, as an example, kind of like what, when you were describing all that, I was thinking of my wife who played college athletics. She coached afterwards and she coached on a club volleyball team, for example. And, mm-hmm. you know, same same thing could be said from my perspective as somebody who was kind of observing from a third party perspective. Kids who were and in this case, girls who were playing in the club were being recruited much more heavily than those playing in high school. And that's just even in volleyball. And so from what I understand from your point of view and what you heard these two uh, junior golfers talking about, that sounds to be pretty similar in the golf arena, correct? It is. Okay. Yes. And, And so, you know, to give you some perspective, you have to, you know, to, to play in these, golf tournaments, these Midwest or mid American junior golf tournaments, Mm -hmm. MAJGTs, 
and or IJGAs, you have you have to pay a membership fee, mm-hmm. right? Right. And then that gives you the right to sign up for the tournaments. And those two day events, depending on the tournament, are anywhere from like you know two hundred to two hundred and seventy five dollars a piece. Hmm. And and then you obviously have to you know go to them and travel and and participate, but you can imagine that can start laddering up pretty quickly. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And you want it. And so you want to go and you want to go and participate. That's the means and the mechanism at which it happens. And then you do those tournaments in an effort to gain stars, which then when you have enough stars can allow you to then qualify to start playing in the AJGA events, mm-hmm. which are the, which are the big, um, nationally recognized events and they hold hundreds of tournaments around the country, you know, every year. Right. And, and so I just, I, and I want to just state for the record, this is not a knock on those organizations because sure. they do an incredible job. I mean, you know, all of the young men and women I have met and, and people running these events are fantastic. And the golf courses that host these events are all great. Um, I just, I just got a really bad sense of that there's no value left in your community in participating in sports <laughs> right right to um, and, and have and have that matter into a bigger sort of goal and so I just wanted to have the broader conversation about how can we switch that like how do we how do you create an environment where there is value back into making you know the high school golf experience worth it right and and so, you know, I kind of had this idea, like, you know, so if it, the AJGA is, is the, they have even, you know, their own set of what they call majors, mm-hmm. right? I think, I'm not sure how many they have. I think they have a, a handful of them. Their biggest, you know, four or five tournaments a year. Why couldn't you, why couldn't you take, you know, in, in, in the state of Illinois, there are three, there's 1A, 2A, and 3A in the sport of golf. Right. Why couldn't, and I'm sure that's probably similar in a lot of other states, why couldn't you create a major where the only people that participate are the state champions from all of the states hmm. from their prospective high schools, and that is the, the number one biggest major that the AJGA would support like you know people say what's the biggest major is it the masters right, the right. us open like right what's the biggest one well this would be the biggest one mm-hmm. and the only way to qualify would to have won your state title at your high school's level and you had to have participated on your high school golf team hmm. and you would have to have played in a certain amount of uh tournaments on your high school golf team so you can't just be that kid that shows up at regionals, you know, and, you know, mm-hmm. wins and advances in the state and wins like there's actual participation. Right. And right. And then, and oh, by the way, because we understand that not everybody's going to have the financial means to get here, it's covered. Hmm. And so you have, and, and so you have these, um, big, you know, golf companies that want to, you know, invest in growing the game you know, they all sponsor the AGAGA. They all sponsor these big events. You know, why don't you pay for all these kids to show up in, you know, Pinehurst and have this giant tournament? Right. That'd be amazing, right? actually. You know, and it's fun, you know, just to kind of take a step back. It's 
So from my understanding, and I'll be honest with you, Tom, I mean, I, I didn't play, you know, competitively growing up. I, you know, I mm-hmm. haven't played for a long time. Many of my friends played competitively. I just was never good enough. And my understanding, though, is if I'm understanding correctly, you know, obviously there's a tryout uh, process that you need to go through in order to make your high school team in many instances. I know some of maybe the smaller high schools, especially in golf, you know, they need to put a team together. And so the kids that right. sign up, you know, <laughs> just sign up. They don't even have enough kids. For, right. I don't even have enough kids. Yeah. But then at least for the high school that I went to, you know, there was certainly a tryout. Uh, there was a tryout. There was a team that was selected. They had a lot of people trying to make the team. And then, so there's that element of it. And so there's some level of talent that is needed to at least make the team. But as far as the other side, playing on the quote-unquote club side, talent doesn't necessarily get taken into account. Am I right by that? So um, you mean when when you want to play like an, an IJGA event or something like that? Well, you, like you had mentioned the costs associated with, Oh yeah, yeah. You can. It's it's pay to play. They okay. There's no like. There's no handicap minimums. There's mm. you know none of that. I mean, you know, if you were to go and log on and, and see some of the scoring details from some of the two day events, I mean, you know, there are there are kids there that are fantastic players that are shooting you know a couple pairs of of sixty eights. I mean, there was at a tournament a couple weeks ago out at Oak Meadow, fantastic redo that they did the DuPage County. Um, is a young man uh, shot 64 and he bogeyed uh, 18. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, so that's why some, I didn't play with some, those kids. <laughs> yeah, there's some incredible golf going on. Right. Now, me- meanwhile, um, you go to some of these tournaments and there are, there are um, young men there that can't break 100. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so, yes, it's very much uh, a pay-to-play kind of thing. Um, whereas golf you know, you have to pay a fee to the high school to play, or you have to buy your, pay your fee to, um, you know, I think the fee at my son's high school is $250 for the season. Okay. You know, now, and that gets you, you know, all your tournaments and, you know, bus rides to the events and whatnot. But sure. so, so that's, that's how that comes together. So I just, I just wondered or am curious on a broader conversation is back to that whole thing. It's like, how do you get these kids involved back into their high schools and how do you make it interesting for them? Because yeah. right now they're trying to figure out how not to play. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's right? what I keep going back to is how we started the conversation about these two kids, you know, obviously uh, they, they're in it. They, they understand the, the process. And at least from one perspective, mm-hmm he's making a point of why would I pay $250, for example, just pulling that number out and go through my high school process if I know that I'm not going to be recruited as much as I would have been had I played in an IJGA event, for example. And so to me, that makes sense from his perspective and certainly probably from his parents' perspective because they're probably talking about it too. Um, But I see where you're coming from as well because if that's pay to play, and that's also where people are going to look in terms of recruitment, then there's certainly a mismatch going on there. Yeah. Hmm. And, and so, and, and mind you, like I'm, I'm in the process, you know, I don't know what all of this will mean, you know, for my son as we're going through all of this, I don't know ultimately if he's going to be good enough to, you know, to play in college and, and, and so I, I don't know, 
and I'm learning more and more each time I play and go to these tournaments and talk to other, you know, moms and dads about the process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but there are some parents that are spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars chasing this idea of trying to get a scholarship to play golf in college. Right. And, and your and your argument then would be, which I don't disagree with, is, you know, how, does that actually benefit anybody long term? It's just a matter of, and, mm-hmm. and I think golf has always kind of been, yeah, we've heard stories of this for for decades, probably since the beginning of the game. Is you know really right? It was a wealthy person's sport, and in many instances, it was a wealthy white man's sport. And so, uh, you know, it, yes. it it sounds like this is still maybe a little bit, you know, more of the same, but it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. have to be. Especially to your point, if high school teams are, you know, if if high school golfers are having that conversation on the range. Clearly there's an issue. Yes. And, and I just, I think there's a solution to fix it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, to make their community matter again and to make their enthusiasm for, you know, because I feel like, you know, I've talked to a couple college coaches and I've said like, would you look at a kid like winning his state championship? Like, is that a big deal? Mm-hmm. And he kind of shrugged his shoulders like, eh, it's, it's a great accomplishment, but it wouldn't mean I'd automatically offer a kid a scholarship. Did he say why? Or, I mean, obviously because not an automated, automatic scholarship, but why the shrug? I think it, it's just the competition issue. Mm. Because he's not showing up. Like, you know, because there's still kids that qualify in states, you know, and, and I imagine in some states, maybe a kid can shoot 76 and win a state title. Right. You know, in the state of Illinois, you can't shoot 76 and win your state title. You no. won't, probably won't even get you a top 20. Right. Yeah, there's some strong players that come out of here. Yeah. And so that's that's the distinction. It's just, just not enough good players that he had to go beat mm-hmm. <laughs> to right. win. Right, right. Right. And would, so would his would his and, argument be that there would be more better players in these pay-to-play? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, interesting. That you know you're going to go and you know you go you go into these tournaments to go play these AJGAs or um, you know these Midwest or Mid American Junior tournaments, and there's just ultimately going to be a bigger a bigger and better field. And then this all ladders up into the player scoreboard. Do you know that? The player scoreboard. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that's another um, group that organizes. Uh, all of the tournaments around the country in junior golf, they weight the fields mm-hmm. and they keep track of everybody's scores, what everybody shoots, how big the field was, you know, everything that you would even see like, and they, and they create rankings of players hmm. and you can go on and you can go on there and you can see, and you have to pay to belong because not gonna, it's not free. Okay. So you pay a, a fee to belong, and after you have played in a minimum of four events, mm-hmm. they start keeping track of you and ranking you. And that's where college coaches can go in and look at by a, by graduation year, by state and nationally how a, a young man and, and or woman is ranked. And is this something that's open? Perform- is this something that's open to the public that anyone can see? Or? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure how much access you can get into it if mm-hmm. you ha- haven't paid, but anyone can join it. 
interesting to get in to see how it does and and you know so you so you can get in and and some of it i think anyway and i may be wrong you know if you do have the ability to sign your kid up to play 25 events a summer at you know 200 bucks a throw mm-hmm. like you know there is a way to sort of buy your way up the rankings versus someone who might only play pay play five events because if you're going to play pay, play five events and you finish, you know, 12th each time, but you play 25 events and you finish, you know, 15th or 20th, you're just organically going to rank rise up the rankings more because you've played more. And they've gotten more money from you. Right. Right. So. Interesting. So huh. Yeah. I just, I, so it just, ultimately, I keep coming back to my point. Like there's got to be a way to give people who don't have access to spend that kind of money to get exposure to give them a chance as well. Um, hmm. You know, to bring value back to oppor- an opportunity for people who don't have the ability to go and spend, you know, $200 20 times a summer for golf tournaments. Right. Well, wouldn't the, wouldn't the, uh, you know, if someone listens to this and they're probably thinking, well, couldn't the argument argument be made that the high school player, you know, just just be better? But you're saying, yeah, you're saying that if I understand correctly, that even if they were great, to go back to that example of you know somebody who won their state title, and uh, you know competition notwithstanding all that that uh, side of it, that might not be good enough if I'm understanding correctly. Yes, interesting. Because, I mean, well, and this is really interesting too, Tom, because like you and I talked about um, prior to, to our phone call, you know, I, I don't have kids. I don't have, you know, somebody mm-hmm. who's in the system and I, I can only speak to remembering 20-something years ago when I was in high school of how this whole thing played out for my friends who were, who played. Um, I can think of somebody right now who I actually played golf with yesterday who um, played in the IJGA, AJGA events, you know, and was an extremely, and still is an extremely good player, scratch golfer. But he was also good in high school, and he played in college, and he kind of went through that, I guess, quote-unquote, normal path of you would assume Mm -hmm. kids would follow. You know, you play well in high school, then you get recruited, and then you can go on from there, and he was actually a pro for a while. But... I also understand and can rethink of a few names that I won't name that actually just went the other path exclusively where they did play on the t- on their team, their high school team, but they played primarily in these uh, AJG- AJGA events. And yep. it's making sense now, hearing it from your side, why that happened. And so, you know, and that was 20-something years ago, so clearly not much has changed. No. And you could probably imagine it's even gotten more intense right. just based on how, you know, sports are being managed with our children in today's day and age. The, the comment of, you know, the community side of it, you know, that's something that's really interesting to me too. I mean, you, when you think of, so I live in a smaller town and mm-hmm. you know, the, the high school is by far the biggest building here <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know it's just you know everyone when they have you know the parades down the main street you know it's a big sense of community but we live in a smaller town and i would yep. imagine that larger towns even where i went to high school which was a little bit bigger than where i live now 
you know, we didn't see that. There wasn't that sense of community. So would you say that there's probably a, a breaking point or a tipping point in terms of population size or size of the town where that sense of community isn't as f- focused on as opposed to maybe a smaller town? That's a great question, and I'm not sure if I know the answer to that. I would imagine, you know, as, as the schools get bigger, I mean, you know, the school schools that my kids the high school that my kids attend, you know, there's 3,000 kids there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I imagine if you were to go and win a, a state title, um, you know, for a golf for a golfer to win a state title in a school of 3,000 kids, there might be 100 kids that might notice, right? Right, exactly, <laughs> um, right. <laughs> so I just, but at the same time, you know, I guess maybe community, I'm using that as a sense of just belonging to a team and participating with, your classmates and creating memories and experiences together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I played a little high school sports and, and, you know, that's, those are the best memories I have is, you know, sitting in the locker room and lacing up my skates, Yeah, you know, and, and, and the travel on the bus and, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, seeing your parents come out and wearing your high school gear and, and, and having, you know, and rooting and, and for you guys to go win, that's the kind of stuff that I think. And, and, and back to your question, I think that, still exists really i think anywhere you go you know got other kids that are on the football teams and you know they play hockey and they do other stuff and you know that's all i think that all of that sort of community level stuff people and parents still get really excited about mm-hmm. i see more of that um i see more of that community feeling uh when you're rooting for your high schools than i do when i see them playing on the you know organized pay for play teams that makes sense that makes sense. I mean, it's almost like it's almost like if you choose to go down that path, and I'm not sure it's always the ch- the, the kid's choice. I'll just throw it out there. I'm sure that there are some parents that want them to go a certain path. Um, there is that path then there where, where you know if parents will send them down one path, and it's almost like we, we talk about growing the game a lot. We've said it here in this conversation. We want to grow the game, but it's almost as if we're almost preaching exclusion for the point of being successful or the, taking the gamble on your child that you're going to be successful? is that Does that make sense? Oh, it's a big gamble mm-hmm. because, you know, there's no, there's no guarantee that you're going to get a scholarship. And in a lot of in college golf, they have scholarships, but there are very few kids that are getting full rides to play right. golf. Right. Right? They might get a quarter scholarship or they might, you know, pick up the room and board, which at some universities is a tremendous thing to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's rare that there are children, you know, young men and women that are getting full rides to play golf in college. But it's, uh, it's like, so there's that, but it's also the matter of, you know what, the, the, the examples you just outlined, you know, the football team, the, the basketball team, mm-hmm. baseball team, you know, you've got that big element of, community from the the school perspective where everyone you know pep rallies you're having people you know wearing the colors to support the football team I, the, the high school i went to had a very successful football team for many years and i just remember mm-hmm. the, you know you brought back some memories explaining that situation but for golf and perhaps even more individual sports you have to almost choose like all right i'm going to play this sport understanding i'm never going to experience any of that you know, that's at least it wasn't at my school. People weren't supporting the golfers like they did the football players. Let's just call it what it is. And 
even further, another step from that is, well, I'm already playing an individual sport, but now I want to go play in these AJGA events, and I'm excluding myself even further, kind of putting myself in this little bucket where I'm going to be by myself. Mm-hmm. And, and it almost seems like the choice itself to play this game takes you out of that sense of community. In a way, it might. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. I, I think that, you know, golf is an exclusionary sport in, in and of itself. I mean, you know, as you know, to get good at it, you've got to spend a lot of time alone. Yeah, you do. And And so perhaps the nature of the sport is, you know, just sort of leads people into that path and they are fine with going out on their own and not playing with their high school because they have this ultimate dream of getting a college scholarship and, you know, maybe seeing where it goes from there. Right. But I just, I just, I just hate the, you know, the window starts getting so small, right? I mean, you know, you show up at these IJGA events and these, and these AJG, I mean, all those kids can shoot 72 and break par. Like it's, they can do it every time they go play. Right. And, and they're so good. And then, so it just brings me back to this idea of like, do you want to go beat your head against the wall against these kids? Or do you want to go shoot 72 with your friends and have some laps on the team bus? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, and that comes down to choice. And some people are going to make the path that or the choice they make. And others are going to make the choice to go be with their team and their, and their friends. And so, you know, and I myself, I like the idea of being with your friends and having fun on a team bus rather than, you know, having your mom take you to a community you've never been to, do a golf course you didn't know, and to go play golf with a bunch of kids that you've never met before. Right. And the system itself right now is set up to say one of those paths, probably the one that we don't want to take, is going to benefit you the most because of the way that we recruit. Correct. Hmm. Interesting. Well, this is an interesting topic, you know, as, as we talked about, you know, I wasn't sure, I didn't know too much about it. And so I'm glad that you reached out yeah. and, you know, your solution again of just kind of, you know, taking a look at things and maybe having this big major where everyone can actually, you know, the, the winners of their state titles will come together, for example. And, you know, maybe that has a little bit more emphasis on how people are recruited or kids are recruited for colleges i mean i don't i agree with you that you should just based on the the choice you make on what path you want to take shouldn't limit your future i just what what would get more pr a story about aggregating the 50 you know let's call it the 150 state champs from every state in the union to um you know to some great golf course or just oh, oh we're having the you know, ShopRite major for the AJGA in Pinehurst. Right. Like, right. I mean, you know, you coming back to the idea of community again and in growing the game and getting people excited about it. I think that tells a better story than anything else I've seen out there regarding, you know, junior golf majors. I'd agree. I definitely agree. And listeners, if you're hearing this and you agree with that, I mean, and, and let us know, I mean, golfunfiltered at gmail.com, send it over. And, you know, I think this is an interesting conversation that, I'm sure it happens in every other state. I mean, Tom and I are talking specifically about, you know, uh, Illinois. We're both in Illinois. Um, and uh, I'd imagine that this is pretty commonplace across the board. I'd imagine if there's a regional element to this, though, too. You know, I'd imagine that, you know, state like Florida, California, where where golf is played year-round, this is probably mm-hmm. compounded to a degree as opposed to Illinois, where we might play six months out of the year if we're lucky. 
Right. No, I would. I'd love to hear how other dads are thinking about it, and you know, moms are thinking about it, and what they're doing with their kids. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe the decisions I'm making aren't the right ones, and maybe the path I'm sort of teaching my son and my daughters about participation in high school isn't the right one. I don't know. You know, I just have this this notion that you know, not every kid's going to go pro, and I just hate the idea of you know waking up when you're 22 and you know you're you're with your friends talking about the old high school days and you weren't there to experience it right so and that you know those are some of the greatest memories of my life and you know what we've sort of in this conversation brought some of that back so it'd be curious to hear how other moms and dads are going through the process 